It's quite a jury. Uh, the trouble is that lawyers don't like to pick juries that are smarter than they are. Now, I want to tell you that I don't want any of you ever, no matter when or where or under what circumstances, to ever work again. Now, the reason for that is very simple. I've never worked a day of my life once I got out of law school. All I've done is to play and to do things that made me happy and that were passionate for me and that made me love and excited and get up in the morning early with the sun rising. And you know, if there should be a stone for me, I hope they don't say on it, here lies a nice guy. I hope the stone says, here is a man who never missed a sunrise, who could get up full of passion to do what he wanted to do and to play in his life. You know, if you want money, play. If you want power, play. If you want prestige, Play. Just play away your life, which is to mean to say to you, just have a good time doing what you want to do. Now, I was, um, I just yesterday attended my 50th high school reunion yesterday. And I, it was amazing to me that all those people out there grew so old and that I was obviously the only exception. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I, I had this strange feeling when I was there because I didn't feel good with these people. And the reason I didn't feel good was because when I was a kid in high school, I wasn't happy. Nobody liked me, I didn't think. I was what you would call a cipher with pimples. <laughs> now, how does a cipher with pimples make it in this world? I'm, I, I went to law school, and, uh, and I was so afraid I was going to flunk out that, uh, and the reason I went to law school was because my mother wanted me to be a preacher. And, <laughs> and she had already given me to God without my permission. So I thought, oh, well, I, you know, I can't, I almost flunked all these science courses. I, I had a terrible time with mathematics. Um, the only thing that I had was a limited verbal skills. I got kicked out of drama class and crawled out the window. When she says, you're out of here, I said, okay. And I lifted the window and I crawled out. Now, this is the kind of a career I had as a young man. And when I went into law school, I was so afraid I was going to flunk that I graduated number one in my class. And now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Uh, we're not bragging about, about that at all. And the reason I need, to, need you to understand something. 
that it wasn't because I was smart. It wasn't because I had special skills except for one. I, I could quote, I learned that it wasn't as important to quote the law as it is to quote the professor. <laughs> now, you remember that. When the, these professors think that what they say is divine and that what they say is so special. And if you just say, yes, that is very special, and you pay it all back to them, you are divine and you are special. <laughs> That's how I got to be number one in my class. And then I flunked the bar. <laughs> and I was, it was humiliating. I mean, people flunk the bar every day, all the time nowadays. But when I was a kid, you didn't dare flunk the bar. It was like having a serious disease. And it was shameful. And then I began practice in a little town called Riverton, Wyoming, and, and then I, there's a, there's a, there, this is what this society does to talent. It's, they see lawyers, the insurance companies out there, see lawyers just like we see racehorses. And they wait until they are out on the track and they've tried these cases, and I was trying cases in the little town of Riverton, Wyoming, and I begin to win cases. Lost the first five in a row. But when I began to win cases, you know, they kept their eyes on me. And they decided that, well, we'll put him in our stable along with the other lawyer horses that we gather up. And you can represent the insurance companies and the banks and the big businesses and corporate America. Well, I don't, you know, why would a man do that? I mean, if you can, had your choice to do anything in the world, why would you represent a non-living, non-breathing entity that has no soul, no conscience, that doesn't even exist? I mean, I've never seen anybody who could show me a corporation. Show me a corporation. There ain't corporations. There's nothing there. There are people that work for the corporations, but they work for the corporations, and I worked for corporations, and I got all of this money for corporations against little people. One time I was in court. May I tell you a story? One time I was in court, and Imogene, who sits back there, my darling love, would you stand up, Imogene, because I am so proud of her. If you don't stand up, I'm going to be on. Thank you. She was sitting in the back of the courtroom, just like she is now. And I said to her, now watch, and we were just kind of hanging out together illegally. <laughs> and I said, now watch this, baby. Uh, watch what I do to this witness. And I'm representing an insurance company. There's this little old lady here that is my client, but the insurance company's behind it, paying all the money. And the jury doesn't know this, and we got her all dressed up with a funny hat and she looks like, Ap we called her Apple Annie. And uh, the old man that was hurt had worked all of his life in a refinery and wanted to, uh, to go out with his grandkids and to have fun now that he'd, that he'd retired from that miserable place. And he, 
and I began to play with him. Now I know how to play with people. You play with them. And they don't, aren't used to understand to be played with. They, you, you, and first thing you know, they become mean. And the more mean they get, you know, they're angry. And the more angry they get, pretty soon I look up and Imogene is walking out of the courtroom. I say, excuse me, Your Honor, may I have a recess? I run back out after her and I say, honey, honey, what's the matter? What's the matter? She says, you make me sick. I still make her sick once in a while. I said, why? She says, what you're doing to that old man? The jury brought a verdict in and he got nothing. My client was drunk and destroyed his life. And the next day I went to, um, well that evening, Imogene and I went to the Safeway store to get some fixings to have a party and a barbecue and to kind of celebrate my victory. I hadn't lost a case for many, many years. This was just another one that the insurance company put down the bottom line, nothing about human misery, nothing about toil, nothing about misery and sorrow, nothing about loss, just another extra dollar that I made for the insurance company. And I said, um, well, we got into line to go through the checkout station and here was an old man in front of me. I couldn't any and there's a little bald spot, white hair and bald spot on the back of his head. And, and he turned around and looked at me, and all of a sudden I realized it was the old man that I had just beaten in the courtroom, limping along. He turned to me and he said, Oh, Mr. Spence. And I said, Well, I'm sorry. I said that it came out that way, which wasn't true. I wasn't sorry. And he said, Oh, that's all right. He said, you were just doing your job. And I looked at those kind old eyes and the water in his eyes, and he looked like my old grandfather. And I helped him out of the store with his groceries. The next day, I'm having coffee in bed with Imogene. And I said, this thing is just eating on me, just eating on me. I mean, not just that case, but a hundred like it. And I said, honey, is that my, was that my job? Is that my job in this life to cheat old men out of their just dues? Out of justice? Is that what I was put on this earth for? I thought of my old grandfather, Flieger, that came over from the old country in Germany and worked his life away on the farm there and the old dusty farms and all he got that he could ever show was my angel mother. And I thought of my grandfather Spence and the people before him who had worked and toiled honestly for their, for their families and for decency. And the best thing they ever produced was my father. And these were the two greatest people in the world in my life. And they produced me. Is that what this all was about, I said to her? Is that what this is, life is about? Just money? She said, nothing. She didn't answer my question. She knows when not to answer. She has this huge power. And 
taking, taking me, and just doing what she wants to do with me without saying anything. So that same day I got up, I got my pants on before old Sam was a pup then, he's a lab pup, could get a hold of him, he's always fighting me in the morning for my 501s. <laughs> and um, I went down to the office and I wrote 40 letters to 40 insurance companies that they'd have to get somebody else to do that job. And from that day forward, which is in 1969, until this moment, I have never represented another bank, another insurance company, another big business. If you big corporations out there want me, send in your cute little guys with their pinstripe suits and their little doodads on their shoes, and we'll see who wins and who gets justice in the courtroom for the people.